This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. As far as uh, the way that people perceive me, you know, I right. think it's very contextual, you know, depends on who you grew up around, um, mm-hmm. you know, whether you grow up in a diverse community or not. And I rarely have people guess my ethnicity and correctly, you know, uh, and I think that I've noticed more like being in New York, like, um, you know, either people don't know what I am or they're like, uh, or they'll have an assumption and it's just like Puerto Rican because like, that's the closest thing that you can get basically. New York, I know you Every morning that I wake up, I think Oh, hi. I, I'm sorry. I don't know why I started that way. I've been watching a lot of Sopranos. The Sopranos movie came out this week. Uh, I don't know how I feel about it yet. I have to rewatch it. That's not what this is about, but that's why I started like that. Hi, everybody. Uh, welcome back to another episode of La Mescla. I'm making a conscious effort this week to speak slower in the intros because I've listened back to a couple episodes and I sound like I'm on cocaine. So I'm going to go ahead and slow it down this week. Thank you so much for being here. Um, and uh, I'm really excited to give you another episode of the show. So let's get into this week's guest. Our guest this week is the wonderful Gabe Pereira. Uh, Gabe is a, a really cool Brazilian-American stand-up comedian and writer uh, based here in New York, uh, but originally from Boston, as we get into in depth uh, in this interview. Um, he's been all over the place. He's performed at the Out of Bounds Comedy Festival, and he produces a recurring show in Brooklyn called Boys in the Woods, which you can uh, you can check out in the links below, which uh, I've linked his Instagram and what have you in the description of this episode, so you can follow his stuff. Uh, we had a really great, uh, fun, like long in the works conversation about growing up in Boston, about the the collision of his Brazilian heritage with like the you know white suburbia of the Northeast. Uh, and about moving to New York and pursuing comedy. Uh, it was a really, really fun conversation. I'm excited for you to listen to it. Um, if uh, if you feel like I'm not speaking at an insanely fast pace, please uh, send a message to the Instagram page and, and tell me good job or whatever. Just interact with the show. <laughs> Remember to like, rate, review, and subscribe. <laughs> Ugh, like, rate, review, and subscribe. I'm not re-recording this, so that's how it goes. Uh, and uh, without further ado, let's get into this conversation with Gabe Pereira. All right, man. What's up? What's going on? Welcome. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, thanks for being here. Long time coming. Hey, I'm I'm happy to be here. It's exciting. I just moved into my new place. I I got the. Uh, apartment to myself for a couple hours this is a perfect time i can see on the zoom i can see the the good new place energy i'm actually in a new place too i moved like six weeks ago something like that oh congrats yeah you liking uh, it thank you uh, yeah oh my god dude the the last place i was in was like high key a nightmare there was a fire that almost killed me in addition to like several other things uh but i finally made it out of there was that part of the reason why you took a break from the podcast? Because you were like catching on fire and shit? Or? Sh- that was that was for sure in the equation. I will say that nice. was for sure in nice. the equation. And thank you for acknowledging publicly that I took a break, aka I got lazy for like three months. <laughs> no, I just thought that that'd be so, 
like you said took a break and it would be hilarious but that was just like a euphemism for like catching on fire like having your i mean that was part like, of it yeah, that was part so that's, of it. I'm not going to lie. That's to you. a better excuse than most people I've uh, listened to who've taken a break <laughs> Where, from podcasts. <laughs> where'd you uh, Where'd you move to? I'm here in Flatbush. It's like I was I was in Flatbush for the past three years, and uh, I just moved down the oh, 15 minutes down the street. I'm actually still on the same street. Got and, you. Uh, yeah, I just moved in with another comedian. I was living with my girlfriend for the past few years, and she just moved out to Colorado for school. So we're doing oh, some distance right now. Yeah, yeah. Damn. Oh, I'm, I'm sending blessings your way. I'm sending blessings. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it's only been a month, so no complaints yet. Going good so far? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we do. This is how we date. This is like what we're doing right now. We basically record a podcast every couple of days, and that's a date for us now. You know. You should release those. The people want to know. The people want to know. I I'm, I have to get her consent first, as as we see. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> well, all right, dude. Let's uh, let's get into it. Why don't you just introduce yourself to the people listening? Tell them who you are and what your uh, what your mix is, so to speak, and then we'll go from there. Cool. Yeah. Uh, my name is Gabe Pereira. I'm a comic based here in uh, Brooklyn. Grew up uh, outside of Boston, and uh, yeah, I've been doing stand up for like six years. Been writing some like satire the past couple of years, doing some sketches. Mm-hmm. And uh, my dad is uh, white American, and my mom is Afro Brazilian. Mm. Where, where outside of Boston did you grow up? It's a place called Sharon. It's uh, about thirty minutes south of the city, and it's like Got next it. to Foxborough, where the Patriots play. You know, South Shore. Got area. you. Got you. I was born in I was born at Brigham Women's Hospital in Boston, actually. Same. Uh, and same. we hell yeah, dude. What's Look that? at that. Love it immediately. Common ground. Yeah, no, well, I'm technically from Boston, but we moved down here when I was like a year and a half, two years old. So I don't really claim it. But like I've spent a good bit of time. Went to school in Boston, too. It's an interesting place, to say the least. Oh, you did? OK. Yeah, yeah. Where'd yeah. you go? I went to BU. Cool, cool. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, damn. I'm surprised we didn't run into each other. I didn't go there, but, you know, I spent I lived in a Brighton, Austin for a few years. I, yeah, I we dead ass might have walked past each other because I lived in a I lived in one of those like three family houses on uh, Gardner Street in Austin for a few years. Uh huh. So, like, yeah, yeah, I know the spot. Yeah, I would I, I I would be shocked if we hadn't like probably been at the same dive bar at the same time. Like if we weren't Lauren like at the library or something one night. I know. I've been to the BU library a bunch of times, actually, because it's like one of the few places that would let me uh, hang oh, uh, out there. I mean, me. I was talking about a bar that I used to go to called the library. Or maybe I'm fucking it up. Maybe I'm thinking of some other place. Too. There's a there's a place called the library in New York. I know. But I don't know. about. Yeah, that on the Lower East Side. Right. I think I'm. Yeah, I think I'm mixing yeah. it up. But there was another dive that had like a similar name. I'm going to get demolished by my old friends for not remembering. But. <laughs> yeah. Nice. That's cool. So how you were, you were in Sharon for how long? Like, were you there your whole childhood? Through high, through high school. I, I gotcha. spent the first, uh, let's see, I moved there when I was like nine. I lived uh-huh. in uh, Hyde Park, which is like a neighborhood in Boston up until gotcha. then. And then went there through high school in Sharon. Nice. What, what, what is the, what's the, I mean, I know the general, like demographic makeup of boston but like i'm i I don't know that much about this area like what was uh what was the town like the uh town of sharon is one of the most jewish populations outside of israel they have about 70 70 jews uh in sharon wow i also grew up in a very jewish suburb just of new york 
New York, it feels like more expected, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. New York has such a yeah. huge Jewish population. Not to say that Boston doesn't, but there's like two really uh, dense enclaves outside of the Boston area. One is like Brookline Newton area, and then one is Sharon area. Right. So, uh, yeah. A lot of uh, bar mitzvahs and bat mitzvahs growing up, stuff like oh, that. You and me both, you know? my friend. You and me both, my friend. Yeah. Every time somebody yeah. talks about like, oh, I, w- I went to all these sweet 16s or all these quinceañeras or whatever, I'm like, nah, I went to fucking 35 to 40 bar and bat mitzvahs. Absolutely. And it's so funny to think, you know, I went to a few quinceañeras myself, but it's so funny to think that like just two year difference at that age makes such a huge change and yeah. like the person and i'm just like uh imagine 12 and 13 year olds all grinding is so disgusting Oof. oh but my somehow, god like yeah. 15 is just as bad but it somehow is like a little bit better it's also like the vibe of the party from 13 it's to totally 15 different. is vastly yeah. different vastly totally because i feel like at 15 they're not hiring those weird like i'm failing at like getting a broadway show right now like dancers to come and hype you up you know like yeah there's like a very pathetic entertainer vibe at most bar mitzvahs and king sierra's is like you're gonna have like you know a d not even a dj just like some speakers yeah no i can remember having one or two moments where i was like oh god are you my future like looking at these people <laughs> that's dope so that's, t- so talk to me about like what you're doing in school and like what like what type of like social circle you're running with uh uh like let's say like i don't know elementary middle school years uh-huh um i mean i think you know as much as uh as, as jewish as the town was it was still relatively diverse like the school there's like mm. a lot of uh Asian kids there, meaning like South Asian and like mm-hmm. Koreans. Um, and my best friend growing up, who actually just got married a couple months ago, is also mixed. He's half half white, half uh, Chinese uh, Korean. And so he just married a Korean girl. And um, but yeah, that was like you know one of the people I spent the most time with growing up. And then I had a, some other like Indian friends and uh, uh-huh. you know some a lot of Irish Catholic, obviously. And, uh, and the norm, course, the norm in Boston. Yeah, a lot of future yeah, cops, yeah. a lot of firefighters, a lot of what? Yeah, and then a, and then a smattering of Jewish friends brought in. Got you. And how how? Because uh, you mentioned your your mother's the Afro Brazilian one. Yeah. And what? So how how much was Brazil? My best friend from high school. Shout out to Matt Suarez. My best friend from high school is Brazilian. Nice. So I've spent a fair bit of time in Brazilian households. How like? Oh, good. How good. how much how much Brazilianness was there in the house, or was it sort of we're just like doing the American thing? You know? No, there was a lot. There was definitely a lot. It was uh, you know, uh, I got I was lucky enough to have my mom when she uh, came here. She was the first to come here. She has a big family, like ten brothers and sisters, and. Uh, two of her other sisters came here after she came like a few years apart. So they all oh, had man. families, all stayed in the Boston area. So I had, I had cousins, all similar ages, all, uh, you know, living around Boston. So we were always doing families. You had, you had like a community. That's nice. For sure. Yeah. yeah. I've heard um, of, I've heard about Brazilian enclaves in and around Boston. That's uh, there's like, a lot. That's, there's actually there's... much more there than New York. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. I mean, I I fuck with everything Brazilian because of the exposure that I've had to it. And that's so. So is your dad like rocking with all of this? Like, how is he? Is he like assimilating into it as well at the time? Yeah, definitely. He doesn't speak Portuguese, but you know, 
he's at every family event you know even though my parents aren't together anymore they uh he still makes it to all these barbecues and you know christmas and thanksgiving and stuff like that so he's always been there and he uh i don't know whatever his deal is but he's just not hanging out with white people so much he's just kind wow. of like he's just got other people he's more interested in being around so and what is kind of how did been your, his way for a long time how'd your parents meet uh they met at a movie theater i think wow like, i think uh the story is like my mom had like a cold or something and she was like sniffling and she was sitting like a row behind my dad and like he passed her like a tissue and was kidding? like do you need this and she was like sure and then they like went on a date later and then it was on wow yeah isn't it wild like in, in the old days to hear how people met each other i just always get bugged out when i hear people's like parents meeting stories well it's hilarious to me because like no one carries a handkerchief and that's like such an old-fashioned like yes. also like it's 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 kind of gross <laughs> like well, just to have like especially a cloth even, tissue in your pocket even just hearing you know given present times like even just hearing you describe like oh she was sitting behind him in a movie theater and she was coughing yeah. like that gave me yeah. anxiety just hearing right him. right it's so funny i know i'd be like i'm changing seats that's what i would miss out on my future wife absolutely i would leave the movie i don't i don't care if it's amazing <laughs> i don't give a shit yeah do you have any siblings i have one uh, younger sister and uh, one half brother Got you, got you. And are you so? Are you like speaking Portuguese in the house and the whole thing? No, no, I, I don't speak Portuguese. It's a got it, got it. Tra tragedy. But I've been, you know, practicing for ten years on and off. And mm -hmm. uh, well, I guess more. I mean, I, I took courses in college, and you know, when I would go visit, you know, I would, like force myself to just speak in Portuguese as much as possible. Right. And then, um, but I don't speak it with my my mom or my aunts really and stuff it's all the cousins who live in america none of them speak portuguese so we all kind of got the short end got of the it. stick together hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's cousin kevin's kazoo concert in kansas city go kevin or becky's bachelorette bash in bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again so download the priceline app today your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. Got it. Uh, was that I ever a thing? Did ever did anybody ever give your like your mom and your aunts like shit about that of not like passing the language or? Just... I'm sure. I'm sure. I, I mean, I think probably me and my sister give her the most shit for it. You know, mm -hmm. it's like because mm -hmm. I, I just had a, a cousin uh move here from brazil he's a dentist and he's going to school in uh california with his wife and daughter they live there and so the daughter's like seven or something and she's fluent in portuguese english like perfect and so my mom went to go visit them and she was like ah oh, she's so good at both of them i i really messed up i'm sorry guys yep. so she just she's she feels bad we don't need to make her you know i'm sure you don't let her forget it. it though i'm sure you don't let her forget it i just wish you would like you know, it's so easy for her to just like be like, let's talk in English. I'd be like, oh, like I need to yeah. practice. I'm, I'm 30 years old. Like my brain's going to, you know, harden up and it's not going to go to learn a language after a while. Oh, I, I can't tell you how much I feel. I mean, I'm insecure. I do speak Spanish is my first language and I do still speak it, but I feel I'm very self-conscious about it. And I, I like, I just, I, this whole complex about like whether or not to like commit to like really learning the language is like such like 
it's such a present like constantly present anxiety in my mind i'm always fascinated yeah. to hear about like the way other people yeah. deal with it you know so you still you still speak with your relatives in spanish i do yeah yeah i mean okay. uh, my grammar can be fucked up and my like conjugation is bad sometimes but like i can i can hang for the most part and like if it was me That's five awesome. years ago like, if it was me like right before i started the show even like i would like shy away from or i would like say very little and I, I i feel like i'm more confident in fucking up now if that makes sense yeah that's good you gotta be yeah Support. do you yeah. have you have you gone and visited brazil much not in the past, uh, I think the last time I was there was like 2012, so it's almost been 10 years. Oh, wow, and, it's been a minute. Uh, yeah, yeah, I got to get back there. But, you know, uh, we have relatives coming here pretty often, so I get to see right. people. Um, and, you know, now with like uh, past year, um, I got more in touch with one of my cousins there who I hadn't seen in over 10 years. And, you know, mm. I get to like see his family and like, you know, it's all over Zoom, but it's uh it's pretty cool just to i don't know we can pick up where we left off basically you know we've known each other since we we're kids so uh, that's great that's beautiful yeah yeah i'd like to do that with more members of the family and of course to go visit as soon as i can you know mm -hmm. i've always wanted to go especially because of my friend and his like folks who've like been very like kind to me like i really like i've wanted to get my ass to brazil for a while now yeah man it's a beautiful country it really is uh extraordinary it's a good place the food the food the drinks the everything all of it all of it yeah it's very special i can throw down with a feijoada any fucking day any fucking day well yeah if you're gonna go to brazil get used to it because you're gonna eat that for breakfast lunch and dinner you know they really i couldn't imagine i mean i love it but i couldn't imagine eating that shit for breakfast <laughs> like I, that is it's all it's very heavy food. yeah heavy yeah. food I don't know. I don't know how the entire population of Brazil isn't like asleep all day with like, with like the type of food that they eat. I know. I know. It, it definitely. Uh, you know, I go to like a buffet when I go visit my mom. She lives uh, in another suburb outside of Boston. It's good Brazilian population there. And so there's like a buffet right there. Every time uh -huh. I go, I'm like, God damn, I need a nap. This is, yeah. this is wild. Yeah. Yeah. Where, so let me ask you, like, in, I guess, like, still in, like, childhoodish years, maybe we can, like, creep up into, like, high school years or whatnot, like, in terms of, like, because when I was that age, I wasn't really thinking about, like, or even considering myself to be, like, a mixed person or anything, but, like, how did you find yourself, like, interacting with white Boston as opposed to, like, this Brazilian enclave that you have and just, because Boston is, I don't need to tell you, like, mad segregated and people tend to, like, stay with who they're with you know i'm just interested totally. if you had any experiences like navigating that like intersection in in boston or in the area yeah um i think it's interesting like because brazil is such a mixed country and you know especially mm. the immigrants who come here are going to look like anything you know from right. pale pale to dark dark they right. uh i think that being part of that community you kind of just already run into so many different different looking people that right. um i don't know it, it didn't ever even like if i was going into one neighborhood to another it didn't feel so uh foreign i guess mm. you know mm -hmm. um, and of course like you know sometimes you go to like a brazilian place and because you don't speak portuguese maybe you don't get like it's accepted um mm -hmm. And they'll say like, oh, you're not really Brazilian. I'm like, I got a passport. I don't know what to tell you. Um, yeah. As Brazilian as they get, you know, I got citizenship. True. So, Facts. Um, uh, but yeah, I think, 
it's uh, it's definitely interesting to see like as far as uh, the way that people perceive me you know i right. think it's very contextual you know depends on who you grew up around um mm-hmm. you know whether you grow up in a diverse community or not and i rarely have people guess my ethnicity and correctly you know uh right. and i think that i've noticed more like being in new york like um you know either people don't know what i am or they're like uh or they'll have an assumption and it's just like puerto rican because like that's the closest thing that's that just- you can get basically it's uh, also like in new york if you are of any latin descent like they're gonna guess puerto rican or dominican because those are just like the exactly dominant exactly. cultures here you know yeah yeah exactly so but in boston uh, i'm curious i don't know what the guess in boston would would be really or if they were even throwing guesses at you yeah i mean there's a good dominican population there not as many puerto, puerto ricans but of course they're there um but yeah i think there's enough of brazilian community that, that people could maybe make the guess but mm-hmm. uh i don't know i've got egyptian i've got arab before you know i've gotten basically anything that is a slightly brown person you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so when uh, so are you are you already at this point in time like thinking about comedy or thinking about are you doing performing of of any kind at the time um me and my cousins used to make these sketch videos when we were younger um, yes. And we just found like a copy, like a VHS copy of them. We were like, "Oh yes. shit, we gotta want." It's it's very cringy, but it's hilarious, you know. Of we course, just it is. Families. Like, yo, I used to make uh, movie reenactment videos with my friend on my mini DV camera in middle school. Yes. And those yeah. those tapes yeah. exist somewhere, man. They exist somewhere. I found out that uh, it was whatever it was a couple years ago. I was at Christmas with my whole family, and we uh, we were like, "Where's the tape?" Like, you know, it was here last last year. We gotta watch it. And then yeah. we're like, we like we're pointing fingers like one of you guys took it and hit it. Someone burned it. Yeah, someone, someone burned someone it. Someone destroyed this tape. It was the only copy. What were you making these on? Like a big ass like camcorder or something? Yeah, it was like a, a you know, VHS camcorder. Um, mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then it like, but it had like the little tape that would go in the adapter tape. Have you ever seen those? Where like, yes, yeah. Okay, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. So That's some OG shit. Yes. Yeah. I um, love it. What was the like, don't make what, what, anymore. what kind of like, cause you were making, I wasn't even making sketches. I, I don't even know what I was doing, but like, what, what, what kind of vibe, like, I know like everything comes off cringe, like in hindsight, but what kind of vibe were y'all going for at the time? Cause these are probably like, if I'm guessing the timeline, right. These are probably like peak Chappelle show years, like maybe as far yeah, as like, a the little bit culture. before Chappelle show. I think we were probably like, I was probably like 10 ish. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was 2001. So, uh, no, so there's actually, I know I can date it because there's one, there's a Saddam Hussein sketch in it and it's about him getting caught. And this is and like, how old, how old are you? Like, we're like 12. Oh it's very funny. Like, I think it's I like peak it. comedy, actually. It's probably one of the funniest things I've been a part of. It's like, we like did a reenactment of Saddam getting caught like in his hole. And we just oh like, God. you know, it's very, you know, offensive but it's like well, my sure. cousin my cousin wearing a turban it's like this guy's never worn a turban but wait are you telling me some to- are you telling me some 12 and 13 year olds who grew up outside of boston made some offensive comedy videos that's shocking hey it was great i mean yeah <laughs> I, I am telling you that yeah and that's amazing. Uh, it, it's so funny it's just like 
we the way we edited it it's so like choppy and awful yeah. but it, it, you know we crack up when we see this and uh, a lot it's of it beautiful. was like no go ahead go ahead oh, oh i was just gonna say a lot of it was like based off of like skate videos that we always watched so it was like my cousins were really into skateboarding so we were like yes try and do like stunts that we would see on those skate videos and uh you know that really influenced us got it got it i like that so it's like a uh a little bit like topical comedy like a, a mad tv snl vibe mixed with like tony hawk pro skater exactly exactly it was like that and then like we tied a uh one video was a some kids they like got a tupperware and they caught a bumblebee and uh they put the they put the this is animal abuse but uh, uh -huh. I'll, I'll reveal this is the only time i've ever i know I, there are a lot of people out there who are like save the bees but this is not a save the bees podcast i, I could give a shit this is not a save the bees <laughs> podcast and i assure you this bee was fine but we did right. we put it in the freezer and it like it like falls asleep in the freezer and then we tied a string on it we, we put a bee on a leash and put it on camera and we were just like flying this bee around on like a piece of thread. And uh, yeah, there's, there's video footage of that. It was dope. I, that I is psychotic. And I'm telling you right now, if you if someone made that now and put it on TikTok, not only would it get 10 million hits, it would like inspire outrage. <laughs> like it, they would have- like, It would, but you would- cycle. It was more like on the lines of like, what was that Marcel the snail? Oh, Marcel, Marcel the, the shell. shell. Yeah. If you put a cute voice and some cute music to it, people could fuck with it. Yeah. I, I think you dig that one out of the vaults and you you put it up and see how it does. That's what I I'm say. gonna I'm gonna put a filter over it and some music and see how it goes. I, I love that. So so coming out of like making these sketches with your friends, like were you were you like dabbling in live performance at all or like did like getting on stage come later? No, I didn't um, officially get on stage until I was 21. That was the first time. Um, Got it. it was at like open mic in college and i actually and where'd you go to college? that umass amherst hell yeah and uh i do have footage of that too because i was the videographer for the tv station at the time and they had asked me to video the event as part of my job and so uh, i just like left the camera stationary and they called my name i was like all right i'm gonna go up there and do 10 minutes wow first time. yeah i love that that's yeah, like uh cool. that that was like your goodwill hunting moment. Like you were the videographer who was like, I'm gonna get up there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was uh how did it go? It was, how did your first 10 minutes go? I think it was bad, but I think that there was there was something there. Like I I I've watched the tape like one time and I'll never probably never watch it again. But there was yeah. uh Well, I was, was gonna ask if you were one of those sociopaths who posted their first mic, because people do Absolutely. that and no, that's, I, that's sickening. That's crazy. Crazy. Yeah. Even if it's good, it's like, relax. And um, if it's good, like, fuck you. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> literally, fuck you. No, I tried to make a joke. It was a couple of days after the Boston uh, Marathon bombing. So I was trying oh, to make yeah. jokes about that. I was like, yeah, let's take a really heavy topic and uh, see how light mm -hmm. I can make this on my first time on stage. That's and nuts. It was, that's it was fine. Yeah, it wasn't. People weren't like groaning or anything, you know. People how soon? About how soon after are we talking? Oh, like two days. Oh shit! They were like still. They were like still looking for the guy, or they like had just Word. caught him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I remember that. I was there. I was at the marathon when that shit happened. It was wild. No was, way. Oh wow. I, I mean, I was drunk along with every other college student in Boston because people yeah, don't. Yeah. People who don't like know Boston don't realize that the marathon is the day where 
every college in Boston, AKA like 60,000 colleges that are in the Boston area. Everybody exactly. wakes up at 7 a.m., takes six shots of vodka and then goes and parties all day by the marathon runner. So like- Yeah, it's basically St. Patrick's Day. It's like, yeah. it's any excuse to be- Chaotic. In the daytime. But I'm glad you had, you know, the the fortitude as, uh, you know, a first generation American to be joking about that two days after the fact. <laughs> <laughs> my sister was there and so as soon as i found out that she was safe i was like all right i'll make a joke let's go let's go yeah. how can i how can i freeze a bee about this how can i put a bee on a leash about this yeah exactly that's awesome so were you then from there was it just like boom i'm i'm working on stand-up no i waited until uh after i graduated i moved to uh the bay area for like a year uh, a friend had a job i didn't have much going on so a friend yeah had a job out there and she asked me if i wanted to move out my brother lives out there so um nice. and I actually had a couple cousins also who i just moved out there recently so i moved out there for a year and then started doing open mics in oakland uh down the street from my house where and, were you uh, what kind of work were you doing uh kind of odd job stuff for a while and then i started doing freelance video editing for most of the time i was there we've got like a nice. few contracts that were Good gig. you know uh yeah, it wasn't bad. I mean, I was working from home the entire time. Um, mm. And so it gave me a little bit of time to hit the, hit up this open mic about once a week and mm -hmm. start to get like into the Bay Area scene a little bit, you know. Nice. And then did you move to New York straight from there? No, I moved back to Boston for a few years, um, gotcha. for about three years. And then I've been here for about three years. Nice. Okay, so yeah. Four I, years. I don't no, know excuse I... me, four years. I don't know why I thought you'd been here longer than that. No, yeah, uh, 2017 is when I moved here. Got you, got you. And always Brooklyn? Always Brooklyn. Yeah, I was in Crown Heights for a little bit, and now I'm in Flatbush. And was uh, was moving here was like, I mean, I guess since you'd already, and I'm assuming, were you miking in Boston in those like couple years when you moved back? I was, yeah, yeah. Uh, took a little time away from it and then started to go at it pretty heavy. Um, for a couple of years in Boston, started, I was doing my own, uh, I was like producing an open mic and then that kind of turned into a show. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, open mics in Boston, they're not like New York, you know, it's not just comedians, there's usually an audience there. And right. so uh, it kind of <laughs> transitions Shots into a show. Fired. Shots I mean, fired. not only are they free, but, you know, or maybe you <laughs> people get actually to go to them. the bar. People actually <laughs> yeah. go there and it can actually be fun. And uh, yeah. So yeah. They, so naturally you decided to, <laughs> naturally you decided to move to New York where it's all miserable all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. I was like, let me make my life worse somehow, but no, I love it here. I'm, I'm really happy to be here. I, I yeah. don't regret the move. Yeah, yeah. So uh, talk to me about the kind of stuff that you're doing out here. Like, are you, is your act and forgive me cause I haven't seen, I haven't seen your act yet, but like, is your, is your uh, like ethnic identity or like mixed identity at all involved or is it just sort of like, background perspective that you use to like inform your writing if that makes sense no i definitely joke about it um i definitely think it's you know i think it's been a central part to my you know material for a while and i mm. almost i think at the beginning i was like okay i need to diversify this act a little bit it's too much about like being mixed or like too many jokes right. about like uh you know observations about like things that happen in the black community or like things about Boston. It's like, I need to like get, mm -hmm. some, 
I mean, it's, it's awful to say that I was like, I need to get some dating material in here. And so <laughs> it's just like, how can I, I can't relate can to I break everybody. The, how can I break the comedy mold? I know I'll talk about dating. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Of course you don't want to come up with like a cliche, uh, you know, joke, but I was like, I do need to, I don't know. I, I had one friend tell me at one point, I like think I just did a set and it went well, but it was like, I just did straight race material for like 12 minutes or something. And I was like, damn, mm -hmm. I, I, he was like, you're kind of exhausting them. And I was like, yeah, it's a good point. Mm -hmm. Let me throw in some jokes about food or something. You know, I mean, yeah. it's not a bad, yeah, yeah. bad note, but uh, it, it always will be central to my material, I think. Do you, do you find yourself gravitating more? I mean, you've already talked about how you were doing, you know, Boston bombing jokes two days after the fact. So I'm, yeah, I'm getting a yeah. sense that you you gravitate more towards that heavy shit, more towards that, like taking the dark thing and making it somehow funny. Is that like your wheelhouse, you feel? Um, yeah, yes and no. I, I mean, I like to mix the silly, obviously. You know, it's yeah. not only like I'm trying to push, uh, push the buttons at all times, but... Uh, yeah, I like to at least every set that I do have something that like maybe makes people a little bit uncomfortable. But mm -hmm. you know, if you can get through that, it's it's what I look for. You know, it makes yeah. it it's a challenge. You know, you don't want to just be going up there and just doing things that are easy. Absolutely, for um, us, they're not really growing. Yeah, but I mean, hey, it's a lot of people out here doing exactly that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I know, I know. Yeah. So how about, so how, how are your parents feeling about the whole you standing in basements and begging for approval thing? They're uh, pretty supportive. I don't think they really get it to uh -huh. an extent. You know, they, neither of them have ever seen me perform. I think they both have looked me up on YouTube at some point. Uh -huh. And like, I don't think, I don't know. It's like my, my jokes are not for them necessarily. Right. You know, it's like, they're yeah, not yeah. my audience. It feels silly to say that, but if it doesn't resonate with them, I'm like not surprised, but right. there are jokes about them. And sure. I think that, you know, my mom has said like, Oh, when are you going to include me in your, in your standup? And then I uh, made people, like people Instagram always post. say that people always say that. I know. I know. I'm like, well, do you want to be part of it? So I came up with a joke, uh, you know, that I just posted like on Instagram and it, I guess um, she doesn't follow me, but like one of my aunts mm -hmm. does, and she screenshotted it and sent it to my mom. She was like, this is you making jokes about your mother? I was like, this is literally what you asked for. And she was like, mad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love it. What, is your, yeah. what, do your parents, uh, what do your parents do for work? My mom is a, is a nurse at the VA in Boston. And my dad's retired. Yeah. Got it. Got it. I'm, I'm feeling a strong sense of humor. <laughs> feeling a strong sense of humor coming out of these, these jobs. <laughs> yeah, I mean, a nurse at the, at the VA is very, very funny to me because uh my mom was uh you know they have like an oversupply of flu vaccines and like so she would just like take them from the uh <laughs> from the hospital and you know it, to me i was like oh are you like stealing vaccines from veterans because that's insane but oh she's God. like no no there's there's plenty of them and i was like all right what, sure. so she'd but just I come home with a bag full of flu vaccine literally literally that's just, just that's not so that's crazy just just the flu vaccine like in the freezer next to like some chicken oh my god well she was training she was training for today un unknowingly oh my god yeah they would never let if if she took covid vaccine that'd be like a, a federal offense like they yeah. they're, they're highly guarded the, the i'm COVID sure vaccine. 
I'm sure. But the flu vaccine, they're like, sure, I, we're not going to do anything with it. Go ahead. But if anybody listening to this needs a hookup, we know somebody who is trained in the art of, of completely smuggling and, vaccines. And she, and she was doing COVID vaccine. You know, she like uh, was at Gillette Stadium administering the vaccines. They were, mm-hmm. you know, looking for volunteers in the medical field. So she probably gave out, you know, a thousand vaccines at one point. Wow. But beautiful. I will go this winter and get my flu vaccine at her house. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I might too. Shit. I'm, I'm also, I'm very much not, this is at all, this is completely off topic, but I'm, I'm always the type to either forget or neglect getting my flu shot, but this is very much the year where I'm going to do that shit. Yeah. I think a lot of people feel the same way. It's like, yeah. well, let's not take any chances. Yeah. Let's not do that. Let's not do that. So talk to me about the stuff you're, you're doing in New York. You're, I know you're hosting a show or at least one yep. show. Like, tell me about yep. the shows you're doing. So I'm hosting this monthly show. It's at a Friends and Lovers. I'm not sure if you know the venue. It's in Crown Heights. I do. I do. Um, they got a ton of comedy there now. And mm-hmm. they, uh, yeah, they've been really good to us. We've been doing the show for about three years. And for the first, I think we've been with Friends and Lovers now for two years, um, mm. minus the pandemic. But um, yeah, I run it with two other guys from Boston, uh, two other comics. And it's... Uh, Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. It's a black show, but we do uh, occasionally have non-black performer on, sometimes mm-hmm. a white person if they're lucky. And mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, it's like definitely we we we've taken a little bit of a break for this, but we used to do trivia, and it's like a lot of like hip hop and like pop culture stuff. Um, oh, got it. In between, and comics. you sort of that's smart, honestly. That's really smart because like that gets asses in seats. Like people love coming to a trivia show. And if you can like, it's fun. It's fun. Get someone to do 15 minutes in between rounds. Like that's, that's smart. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, it's like if we have five comics on then there's five or six trivia questions and it just gets, keeps people engaged and stuff. Um, And, you know, sometimes we'll give out free drinks. The bar will give us like drink tickets. So we like have a little bit of, uh, you know, way to just, keep people going it's 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 a good time that's right it's that comic life i love it i love it yeah yeah that's nice that you you're you found a crew of boston people too yeah i mean boston's so close that a lot of people move down here and i and i still to this day i'm seeing like people who i started with maybe in boston and and they just moved down here like a week ago i'm like damn you did it like hell yeah i don't know why this is so surprising to me everyone does this but i can't believe you're here Shot and then I won't see them like ever again, you know, mm-hmm. like some people mm-hmm. do move down here and they just, and they stop immediately. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's, I mean, I can imagine, I can imagine like starting in a new city, like is probably like crazy intimidating, especially here, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I know. I just run into the same people so often. And then, you know, of course the same thing in Boston and then like a person from Boston moved down here and it's like, I don't ever see them again. They're just in New York and I'll never see them. It's crazy. Yeah. What's uh? what's like, give me like a we'll do like a high and low give me like one thing you really like about the new york scene as opposed to say the boston or the oakland scene when you were there and maybe one thing that's mad fucking annoying about new york um 
I think when I first moved here, I was really turned off by the competitiveness here. Mm. You know, I was like the way that, you know, it really depends on where you're at. But, you know, for example, if I go to a, a after party or a show where there's like people from SNL or something and we're hanging out, maybe there's this person there that I've seen multiple times, I'm friendly with, and then they, they just fucking completely ignore you because they're mm. trying to make some angle where they can go talk to Michael Che or some shit, you know? Yeah. When it I is very, here, it that, is very easy to get times. big timed. It is very easy to get big timed here. Oof. Of course. But that's also probably the, the best thing about being here. You know, you yeah. can really, you could be here for a month and be bumping elbows with, you know, some of the best people that are going to do this. Um, and it's exciting. You know, it, it makes you want to work harder, obviously. Um, yeah, yeah, obviously yeah. there's, you know, you have to have a balance and I think it's, it's good to find the people who will push you, but also like not make you feel like shit. And uh, I think over the course of the few years, I've like finally found a good circle of people. And it's, yeah, uh, that's important. That's important. Yeah. Like find your, find your circle, find your, like the people you keep close. Cause it's a wicked city, like in a lot of ways. Yeah. Yeah. And it's lonely. You know, I think a lot of people who move here and don't, uh, I guess get into the arts or something. It's like, you know, I don't know what you guys are doing after work. You know, I have something to do every single day. And yeah, man. I mean, but yeah. the, the artist hustle in New York feels mad lonely and honestly feels lonelier than ever now that we're all like, it's kind of like we're all pretending like COVID's over. So we're yeah. like kind of yeah. doing shows again and like kind of seeing people again, but it's still, I still feel like mentally mad isolated. Even having done in the last couple months, like for the first time since the pandemic like starting to get on stage again like i feel so yeah i still feel yep. so not used to it i don't know how you feel um yeah there was a while where i definitely felt isolated from the comedy community but uh you know there's a few friends who live in my neighborhood who are comics and we would just go to a bar you know and hang out yeah. you know it wasn't anything related to comedy but i was like all right these are my friends so i'm just i'm gonna become a bar regular for a couple months and so there is a bar in crown heights where like we got our picture on the wall we're like we did yeah. it. all right we can Hell stop yeah. hanging out here <laughs> i gotta i live up in, in the washington point. heights i have a i have a similar place i don't know if our picture is on the wall but like we are known <laughs> we are known for sure yeah yeah i think you need to have a place like that where you know you're kind of like part of the neighborhood but also maybe you know people know you as the comedians uh yeah. and you hang out there you know you want to be able to step away from comedy once in a while and still be welcome in your neighborhood yeah that's yeah, yeah how have you how have you have you found like when you're playing wider rooms or wider shows that your material hits different i mean since the show that you're performing at the most consistently is a mostly black show like do you find that the material is hitting differently in different rooms no i think uh i mean i started in boston i got pretty i got pretty comfortable with white audiences that's uh, true that's true so if, if anything i think that uh i needed to find you know, I didn't want to do like material, different material at different shows. Of course you do, you make references maybe that won't be understood in certain rooms. You want to right, read the right. room, of course, but um, I think that I've gotten a good, you know, uh, string of jokes like that I've written recently. I'm like, oh, this is gonna work anywhere. And I'm excited about that, mm. you know. That's beautiful, building, that's awesome. Building to that, yeah. Is it, are you, I mean, you also might not have an answer to this and this is fine, but are you sort of, are you trying to work your way into like, into doing hours or are you trying to like write, are you writing like for another medium outside of this or is like, 
is stand up the the strict focus right now? No, I I would say over the past year I've been doing a lot more satire writing. Um, mm -hmm. You know, Millie, who you had on your show, she started right. this uh, Flex Duck Flex, Flex Mag, Mag yes. Duck. So I've been writing for them, and it's been great. You know, I really like it, and yeah. it's really taught me how to like you know be funny in a different medium. It's so it's like restarting, you know. Uh, yeah, and it's definitely helped my stand up for sure, and I, I want to keep doing it. You know, I want to find more outlets who will take my work. I just submitted to this uh, workshop with the Onion, so they're gonna like, yeah. pair pair you with a, uh, a writer from the Onion who will teach you like how to write in their style, and then maybe in the future become a contributor. So I'm really excited about that. That's beautiful. Yeah, and I mean that that like headline joke writing style is so like it's so transferable to so many other places, you know, like if you need to like, very. if you were trying to get staffed on a show that writes like topical jokes or something like that's very much like in the same world, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. And I was submitting some packets over the past year too, uh, to a few different shows like John Oliver and, uh, mm. the Charlemagne show, John Stewart. Um, oh, right. Right. I saw that just started. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I, I was doing that, but I think that the writing the headlines and the articles was like a way to practice that without being so like stuck in the form of late night monologue jokes because you can right. write those and they just kind of like they get tired after a while you know especially yeah. when you're writing in the voice of like a network television right. you know you want to practice topical writing but not necessarily be held to the confinements of say like NBC standards or something so I yeah. think doing the headlines is a good medium yeah Totally. I mean, I, I've, I've done very little of the headline style stuff myself. I feel like that's something I definitely want to learn. So you're, you're, you're possibly inspiring me. Hey man, if you ever want to uh, send me some headlines, I, I love to give, that's like one thing that's really good, easy to give feedback on. And it's like very uh -huh. rewarding too, because it helps me. Work. And yeah, I just might do that. I just might do that. And I love yeah. getting uh, to my jokes shot down by anybody that I possibly can, you know, it's great. It's great. I'll, I'll happy to. It's what gives me life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn, dude. We're like almost at time. Shit. This went by like really quickly. Is there, is there anything we didn't, uh, is there anything we didn't touch on that you really wanted to get in before we plug all of your shit one last time? Um, well, I mean, I feel like, but you know, because I haven't met you in person, I feel like I want to know a little bit more about you. I know it's not like the podcast. I mean, we, to... so we can do that if you want. We could do that if you want. Yeah, I'm just curious because I know that you're, I know from listening to a couple episodes, you're half Peruvian, right? That's that's right. And the other What's half, the other like half, Boston. I mean, my dad was like a white Irish, both his parents, he was first generation Irish American. Both his parents were straight off the boat Irish. Uh, and he was born yeah, in Burke Boston. Is a very Irish same name. as me. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. But uh, Adrian, I guess Adrian kind of comes off Irish too, but I'm named, I'm really named Adrian um yeah. like even though my dad was like a gringo like he was raised kind of he was raised uh, a lot of his life in spain so that's part of okay. why him and my mom got together because they both spoke spanish uh oh, they nice. worked at the same bar in new york uh in new york in like the late 70s early 80s and uh -huh. the, the the rest was history and then here i am fucking doing whatever this is do you know uh you said adrian you know or Adrian could also be Irish. Do you know like the other names your parents thought about naming you? Yes, like, actually. Yeah. My so my father wanted to name me Hannibal. Um in Spanish it's no Aníbal, which is like sounds a lot better. Yeah. 
yeah. which looking back on like I in my adulthood like I wouldn't have been mad at I actually think it's a really beautiful name but at the yeah. time I was I was born in 92 and at the time which is the year the silence of the lambs came out so my mom very <laughs> smartly was like don't do that to him like don't do right. that to our child right. everybody's right. gonna fucking think he's a cannibal yeah um, good call yeah but and I mean I'm sure there were other pitches but that's the story I've always been told why do you have like an alternate reality name you could have got I do and I'm just, I just I like wonder you know how your life would shape you know because your name is so much to your identity you know yeah. my, my mom was like oh I almost named you Mario or okay. Andre so I was like Andre yeah yeah so I could have been Dre and that's just like a totally different vibe than Gabe you know yeah it's or you like, could have been Mario which is another vibe. Could have been Mario, which is which is. I have an uncle thing. Mario. I have an uncle Mario. Yeah. actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, and these are not names that are like in my family either. Like, I don't have any uncles or grandfathers on today or anything. I'm like, yeah, I I don't think there's an Adrian in my family. Not to not to my knowledge. I think it was truly just like a we like the sound of that name type. Yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. I know. I mean, I, I really love the uh, you know my mom has so many brothers and sisters, and I love the names, the Brazilian names. You know, mm. I mean, some of the very standard uh, Latin names like Fernando and Sergio mm. and uh, Cesar, but it's uh -huh. like there's so many funny Brazilian. You know how like Dominicans and some other Hispanic speaking, they're like they just make names up. You know, yep. the same yeah, thing yeah, happens yeah. in Brazil. Absolutely, it's like a guy, a guy I met, his name is Nirson, and I was like, that's not even a Nirson, Nirson. They just yeah. totally made up a name. It's like it's. Yeah. Damn, yeah, yeah. it's so creative. A lot of like, I kind of wish feel like, I like that. The Brazilians, it's a lot of like Luanas and like yep. Reginas and like that type of yep. thing. Mm -hmm. Totally. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Shout outs to my Tia Regina. That's my friend Matt's mom. Definitely won't listen to this. She probably doesn't know what a podcast <laughs> is, but shout outs to her. Hey, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> well, all right, dude. Thanks so much for doing this. Can we let's so give us like where can everybody find you? Where can everybody find your show? Give us your your list of plugs. Yeah, I, I'm. Thank you again for having me. Um, uh, the week the monthly show that I do is called Boys in the Woods. Uh, we're at Boys in the Woods NY on Instagram, and that's at Friends and Lovers in Crown Heights every first Thursday of the month, uh, eight p.m. And on uh, Twitter and Instagram, I'm uh, Gabe Pereiras. Actually, no, on, on Instagram, I changed it to Darth Gabe, which is really stupid. But that's my old Hell yeah, PlayStation, <laughs> PlayStation username when I was like 12. I, I love like, it. bring this back. So, back when uh, you were making Frozen Bee videos. Exactly. That was my sense of humor. I was like, Darth Gabe, that's really dumb. And uh, yeah, look me up on YouTube under Gabe Pereira. I just put out a sketch with some comics. Uh, it's a parody horror video or horror trailer it's called uh, a day without venmo and it's kind of like an m night Shyamalan, uh, jordan peele type uh horror trailer and it's okay the premise is a bunch of uh gentrifiers in brooklyn uh don't know how to react when venmo and all their payment apps like disappear off their phones it's very i love it i love it at the top but yeah check it out I, we really uh put a lot of time into that i was pretty proud of it it looks it looks great hell yeah dude can't wait to check it out yeah, man. Let me know. What do you think? Hell yeah. Thanks so much for doing this, dude. Thank you again, Andrew. Appreciate it. My head and my hands like I'm a loser. Nike might be in my psyche the way I do it. Doors are bust through it. Some people cut fuses, but it's useless because you know we shine on them. I was searching for a perfect place and time to get peace of mind. And 
that is it for this week's episode of La Mezcla. Uh, thank you so much to Gabe for coming in to the Zoom call that we did this show on. Uh, thank you to you for listening to this. Please remember to leave a review on iTunes, or if you're listening on Spotify, you can you can like it and rate it and review it, uh, and just share the show with people. I'm really trying to grow the show this year and like honor the show that I'm genuinely very proud of, even though I sometimes shoot myself in the foot with my lack of consistent releases. But (laughs) for those of you who are sticking with me through it, uh, I'm so happy that you're here. And please spread the word. Uh, And more news soon. Okay, I will see you next week with another episode of La Mescla. Bye! Mas lembrei da volta Agarra tua chance de sucesso E não solta, não paro pra nada